Okay, let's do a recap real quick of what Kaneda predicted. I predicted the next stern machine would be the Mandalorian. I predicted that the reveal would be May 11th. And I also predicted that there would most likely be a teaser on May 4th. What has happened so far? Now, this was not the reveal. This is just the confirmation of what you've already known if you've followed Kaneda's Pinball Podcast, that Stern and Brian Eddy's next machine is the Mandalorian. So we're going to talk a little bit about this confirmation that we finally have. And now what's going to happen next is everything I said that's going to happen next. The Ellie's are going to sell out before they're even revealed. And you know this because to those of you out there who have followed me in the past, the reason why I give you this information is so that you can make decisions on these games ahead of time. And we've been saying it for weeks now. There is way more demand for pinball machines than there is supply. And if you have information of this sorts, it helps you out. It helps you find an LE that's available from a distributor and you can get on their list and buy this game for hopefully the MSRP. Now, we're also hearing that Stern has raised the prices at the same time. So I think we're going to see a $1 to $200 increase on these Stern models moving forward on the Pro, Premium, and LEs are all going to see a price increase. But you know, and I know, that if you score a Mandalorian on day one for MSRP, that you are going to have a machine that is worth way more on day one than the 92 or 9300 bucks you're going to pay for it. And the reason I'm happy to do shows like this and give you guys this information is if you follow Canada, if you think about it, for those of you who listen to me on Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, you now are in possession of a machine that is worth six to $7,000 more than you spent on it because you listened to Canada. And I'm here to tell you, I think The Mandalorian is another title that is going to have so much more demand than supply. And let's talk about why I think that. If you think about the recent titles that have come out in the pinball world, how many of them are really titles that the whole family can enjoy? I mean, think about that. How many of these machines that have come out recently is something that the wife, the children, and you all can enjoy? Guns N' Roses? Not so much. Maybe you and the wife, but probably not the kids. Led Zeppelin? Definitely not the kids. And maybe the wife? But there's also just a lot of people that don't like either Guns N' Roses or Led Zeppelin. Alien? No. I don't think that's a family-friendly title. The Big Lebowski? That's not something the whole family is dying to get their hands on. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Okay. Not really. Even though it seems like that would be one that everybody would want, you know your wife doesn't care about TMNT at all. You know, your kids might not even care about it. I think TMNT is actually pretty much a miss in terms of theme for pinball because it's not something that a lot of grown men are still into, and it's not a property that all these kids today are really into. It's not. So let's go on to Avengers comic book, right? The Avengers comic book. Your wife doesn't care about that, and most likely your kids don't even care about it. They might have seen the movies, but this is not based on the movies. So that's another one where the whole family doesn't really want it. And I would argue that the last theme in which the whole family could get around it would be Stranger Things, which was somewhat of a miss. And so here we have another title that's contemporary, 
that everybody in the family loves the Mandalorian. And for those of you gentlemen on Pinside that are like, I've never seen the Mandalorian, I don't need another Star Wars pin, you sound really stupid. You sound really stupid for a few reasons. If you haven't seen the Mandalorian, then why are you missing out on what is arguably the greatest Star Wars content we've had in a very long time, in maybe over like 10 years? This is the property that got people back into Star Wars. All the diehard Star Wars fans that were disappointed by the last trilogy in the theaters, The Mandalorian brought back what all of us have loved about Star Wars since we were kids. The Mandalorian is something that families love. Your wife loves it. Brenda loves The Mandalorian. Your kids love The Mandalorian. Everyone, including the dog and the cats in your household, loves The Mandalorian. So this is the kind of theme where you don't have to get permission from your wife. You don't have to ask your kids if they want The Mandalorian. Everybody wants The Mandalorian. And now if you're just a single dude who doesn't have a family, then yeah, nothing really matters. You can buy whatever you want. But this is the kind of theme that's going to have the kind of mass appeal that Stern hasn't had in a while. Your wife doesn't want Elvira in the house. You know that. Your kids don't care about Elvira. Your kids don't care about Batman 66. Your wife doesn't care about Batman 66. And so here we have the perfect theme for pinball. And you've all been asking for this, right? You want it more modern themes. You want it more contemporary themes. And now you have it. And for those of you out there saying, not another Star Wars pin. Well, I hate to break it to you. 2 billion Star Wars fans on planet Earth, there also hasn't been a great Star Wars pin. So I don't get this whole, like, not another Star Wars pin. That's like saying, not another great movie, not another music pin, not another, like, comic book pin. These are the things that millions and millions and billions of people love. And then, so what, what would you rather it be? And when I hear some of these people throw out these themes, like Jaws, let's talk about it for a minute. Jaws versus The Mandalorian. If you're a business like Stern and you want to make millions off of each game and you want a game that when you put it on the line, you're going to have it on the line for five years and sell thousands and thousands of thousands of them, you really think Jaws is what people want over the Mandalorian? You're wrong. Because what Pinside and the people there don't understand is the majority of these games are sold through distributors to their clientele who wants newer things. It's not all of you old curmudgeons. Now, the old curmudgeons are the ones who don't have as much of a life, and they're the ones who are living on Pinside, and they're the ones who are the keyboard commandos. But I'm here to tell you, that's not who buys pinball machines. That's not who the market is for pinball. It is the modern family who is the market for this machine. It is mostly probably men between the ages of 40 and 60 who have disposable income, who are most likely married with children. Stern's not stupid. Stern knows their target audience. They know who buys these things. They know from their distributors who's buying these things. It's not who you think. It's not the lonely guy who travels to all the pinball shows. It's someone who most likely has a family and disposable income. And every once in a while, when they stop catering to the like old curmudgeons and they come out with a family-friendly theme that millions and billions of people love, it's amazing how so many people on Pinside say, this is a hard pass. I'm not going to go in on this. So I think I speak for the most of you out there that most of you are excited for The Mandalorian. Most of you probably listened to Kaneda and got on the list for an LE. 
And whether you wanna take delivery or not, I just gave you a few thousand dollars for free because this title is gonna go up, I think, in value immediately because you're gonna see how many people are gonna want one. Now, we don't know what the game is yet. And you always say, Canada, you're always hyping these things and driving the prices up. And yes, this is what marketing is all about. If you do marketing successfully, you will sell out on something before it's even revealed. That's the greatest marketing of all time. Like if Stern said, the next title is Jaws, like, yeah, like are they gonna sell thousands of Jaws on day one? I don't know, maybe, I doubt it but they're gonna sell three to four to five times as many Mandalorians as they would Jaws Pinball. The other thing I hear from people is they say, Kaneda, you're saying it's sold out. Every LE is sold out, and that's not true. Every LE is sold through, not out. Sold through means they're sold through to distributors. Yes, Stern's 600 or 500 LEs, every time they make an LE, those are spoken for, those are allotted to distributors. Now, what I mean by sell out is that a distributor won't have any on day one, that they will have a list that is longer than their allotment. And I think that's gonna be the case everywhere. You will be dialing all over the country trying to find a Mandalorian at sticker price when it comes to next Tuesday. I hit Melissa up over at Cointaker and I said, how are the phone lines these days? And she's like, they're blowing up right now. And I told her you should have a separate phone line for all of your LE orders and it should go right to Canada's cell phone and I should be like, you like it, the LE, huh? LE good, LE sold out. You ain't getting no LE, okay? You like it, the LE, huh? You know, because it's not gonna happen. You're not gonna get one. Either you got on that list a while ago and for those of us in this hobby, we knew for three weeks now, it was Brian Eddy, it was Mandalorian, it's got an upper play field, it's got Randy Martinez on art. Everything I've told you is going to come to fruition. And is this how you win five twippies? Absolutely, it's how you win five twippies in Favorite Pinball Podcast because you know that the other shows out there that have relationships with Stern that know people over at Stern, that are trying to get interviews with people over at Stern, they would not have disclosed this information. And that is why Canada is the podcast for the people. Because I don't like it that a little boys club gets to have all this information and they get to act on this information. Like there's people out there that know every new Stern coming out this year and they get to pass on stuff or buy stuff based on that information. And my whole position is this, why shouldn't you know this stuff? I do find it uber annoying that you have to guess on whether or not you should go in on that premium of, of Avengers or you should wait or this or that while other people have everything at their disposal. And as soon as I get information that is valuable to you as a customer, I will always pass it on to you because I don't like that other part where just a few people get to make decisions and then your money's at stake. Okay, so let's talk about next week. We are gonna get the reveal May 11th, which means Stern will do their distributor talk sometime on May 10th or May 11th in the morning. I think in Europe or Australia, they might get it the 10th because they're a day ahead. So we are gonna see this game in a week. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited. I'm expecting a lot from Brian Eddy. I'm expecting a lot from this franchise. It's got all the assets in it. It's got the music, it's got the clips. Will Gina be in the game? We will see. There's rumors she might be coming back for the third season. I don't think this is a make or break on this game. For some of you out there who are like, if she's not in and I'm not buying, some of you people out there, really? 
you really get so bogged down in the weirdest issues in life. And I think it's time to stop getting so upset about all this stuff and just enjoying this great show and this great content for what it is and stop turning everything into some political battle. It's weird, the world today. We live in such a strange world where everything has to be politicized. And that's why I don't even talk politics on this show. I just want to talk about pinball. You know, I've been seeing so much chatter with like Delt going on, Zach's show, and all the drama around that. And I'm like, I do a pinball podcast to talk about the pinball machines and the pinball companies. There's way too much energy spent on talking about the personalities around the hobby. That's not why you listen to these shows. Now, I will put it out there. So many people have been saying, why doesn't Zach just talk to Canada? And why don't you two just do a show together and have a nice sort of like, it's not even like a reconciliation, just a pinball chat. And I will say this, I have offered to Zach many over 50 times to do a show together. And it's not me who's refusing to do it. It's Zach. And you can keep asking him, and he, I don't know why he's wasting time with guys like Delt and making excruciating, like, hour-long, back-and-forth awkwardness with that guy, when him and I could just get on and, and bring pinball together. Like, that's what people want to see. They want to see TPN and Canada's Pinball Podcast just hang out together and talk pinball. It wouldn't be a fight. It wouldn't be awkward. And it wouldn't be weird. But it's, again, it's, it's he doesn't want to do it. So, it, the, Zach, you, I know you're listening. The door is always open. And the same is true with Christopher Franchi. The door is always open for everyone just to get together and hang out and chat pinball and if there's anything i want to see in 2021 i do want to see zach and greg host the twippies and i do want to see everyone put the best people forward for the stuff that's celebrating pinball and and i mean that and i get there's a lot of personal back and forth that people have but it's not worth it and let's get right back to pinball now right you don't even want to hear this stuff you know, part of being the pinball podcaster for the people and, and, and staying on topics that aren't necessarily the ones that these companies want you to stay on. And, and I do sort of linger around topics that haven't been resolved because I always hate to see what I saw this week and I hate to sort of feel like things just never get fixed. And if there's one thing that people want to be fixed in this hobby, it's the quality of play fields. And I was on Pinside and I saw a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition owner sharing images of his GNR CE. And around one of the posts, it's not like just a little bit of wear. It's completely destroyed around one of his posts and the artwork has lifted off completely. It even looks like the post has sunken into the play field. The whole thing looks terrible. And he sends this picture of his $12,500 Guns N' Roses play field to Jersey Jack customer support. And the feedback he gets is that he will not be getting a play field. They're not sending out replacement play fields. The owner is telling the community that the response he got from JJP customer support was that they would send him washers to cover up the wear. Now, this isn't just like a little bit of pooling where you're going to cover it up and try to prevent more pooling. The artwork is gone. This area is destroyed. And this guy just spent $12,500 on a product and he says he played it 250 times and this is what it looks like. Now, the question I have for Jersey Jack Pinball and to all of you out there, why are we still here? How are we still here? What was all that about with the quality assurance program at Mirko Playfields? Maybe this was something where the game was built and over-torqued that area of the post. I don't know what the problem is that caused this, 
It doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't really matter. Like, this shouldn't happen. This guy didn't open up his game and sabotage his game. He opened up his box and he played his pinball machine. And after 250 plays, he looked down at his brand new pinball machine and he saw that damage to it. And the only conclusion I can come to is that that is defective and that should be taken care of. And he should get more than just a washer sent to him after spending that much money. Now, I know this is a headache for Jersey Jack Pinball. I know this is the reason why Jack Guanari does not talk to Canada anymore. Because I highlighted this problem with Willy Wonka. I highlighted this problem with Pirates of the Caribbean. And so here we are again, and there's another problem. Now, how do you make it so that 100% of these games are defective free? And I don't think you can. There's always going to be some play fields that probably have more issues than others. And I'm hearing this in other companies too. I hear it with people who own Elvira. Some people say their play field quality is great. Others have a lot of craters on their Elvira. And here's the thing that all of us feel. You shouldn't have to be one of the lucky ones. You shouldn't have to feel like you dodged a bullet on your play field quality. Everyone who got a Rick and Morty got a really good, high-quality playfield. I'm not seeing any Rick and Morty quality control issues. But what people really, really want, it's long overdue. And I don't know why we're still having this conversation around playfield quality, especially over at Jersey Jack Pinball. I don't know why they're still using Mirko. I really don't. I don't know how many chances you're going to give Mirko, how many times you're going to go up and down on this seesaw with them, but clearly, there's still problems happening, and I don't know if we're going to see more problems happening. I thought this problem was solved because I didn't hear from other CE owners with any playfield issues. So if you have a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, please do me a favor and look over your game and share your experience and tell us what's going on with your game. Don't be like these people who say, you know, just play your game and don't even think about it. I don't think that's a solution because if we did that in everything in life and companies made products that were defective and instead of like forcing them to fix the problem, we just became apathetic and just said, live with it, just play your game and live with it. How is that a solution? You're really just passing the problem on to the next buyers. And for a lot of these guys who bought like GNRCEs, this is the most expensive pinball machine they've ever purchased. And they do deserve to have the best quality because they're spending the most amount of money. Someone on my Facebook page said, well, I wouldn't complain about it because they're making profit on their GNRCEs. They're selling for 6000 over. So even though he's got some damage on his play field, he can make money on the game if he decides to sell it. But again, that's a non sequitur argument. It doesn't matter. I don't care if your pinball machine is $4,000 or $15,000. It shouldn't have a defective play field. We shouldn't be compartmentalizing when it's okay to be upset about a defective play field. Every single new in-box pinball customer deserves to open up that box and have a game that is quality, that is built right. You wouldn't accept it in anything else in life. Would you buy a watch with, with the crystal scratch across the face? Would you buy a car with like a dent on the door? No. So you shouldn't have to buy a pinball machine and play it and then look down and the thing is falling apart when it comes to the play field. But here's the thing that I still just cannot understand. Why is it that Haggis Pinball is the only pinball company right now truly trying to solve this problem with some innovation, with some new method? If you know 
that the majority of your buyers are home collectors and they want to keep their games mint and looking mint for as long as possible. The haggis solution to playfields is the way to go. Now, we don't know if it holds up over time and whatnot, but I know this, it's not going to dimple. It's not going to lift the artwork. It's not going to crack. It's not going to have any of these issues that are frustrating buyers of these games lately. So for all these companies out there, it's like maybe stop innovating lights and maybe the first thing they should do is figure out a playfield solution that works for everybody. You know, I don't know what to tell you. And this is me as someone who's like sitting with the Guns N' Roses in a box. And now I've got people telling me, oh, you should never open the box because you don't know what's going to be inside that box. Now, I, I bought Guns N' Roses to play it and to enjoy it. It does make me nervous that over time, a game that I know I'm going to want to keep in great condition might have issues. The other thing I've just noticed, and, and again, if you're reading the threads, when, when you buy something new in box, and this is why Stern Pinball wins, and this is why Stern Pinball is so successful, and this is why when I had my Stern Pinball machine, I wasn't tweaking much on it. I, I When I had Batman, I, I always say this, I lifted the hood maybe once a year. The game just worked every time I played it. Absolutely no issues. I'm noticing more and more as more and more people get Guns N' Roses and they get this game from Jersey Jack Pinball, the amount of tinkering that is required when you own a Jersey Jack Pinball machine is far greater than if you own a Stern machine. It's far greater than if you own maybe an American Pinball machine. It's, it's just a lot of work to keep these games going. There's more in them. There's more complexity. This is why Stern doesn't make their games so complex. The more you put in the game that can have issues, the more issues you will have. But I almost think there needs to be like a warning and a disclaimer to people who are newbies to this hobby that Jersey Jack pinball machines are not user-friendly if you're completely a neophyte to pinball. You have to have a certain knowledge on how to work on a pinball machine to own a Jersey Jack machine. It's just the way it is. I saw someone on Pinside didn't even know how to change a slingshot rubber on a game. Really, the guy thought he had to take half the game apart. It's like, dude, just the two bolts over the plastic pop it up and it's in. And that just goes to show it's like as more and more new people come into this hobby, if their first experience is with a Jersey Jack game, are they going to be able to like really want to tinker with it? Because I don't think a lot of people realize the amount of work it takes to keep some of these games running. You know, games like Pirates of the Caribbean, I love that this game is now like so expensive because that game requires constant maintenance to keep it running. And for the owners who have it and love it, they don't mind working on it. I mean, a lot of people out there, and I understand this, they get a lot of satisfaction when they tinker with their games and they enjoy that part of it. But I would argue that the majority of people who buy a pinball machine are not looking forward to problems. They're not looking forward to having to fix and work on these games all the time. It raises the age-old question is, were these things ever meant to be in homes, right? Because these things were originally supposed to be on location and in the hands of operators who didn't mind lifting the glass and fixing them all the time. And so as the home collector becomes the primary audience, Having games that don't break down is key. Stern games require the least amount of daily maintenance. They just do. That's why Stern games are so successful. With the amount of titles they sell, you'd see so many more issue threads popping up if their games were problematic. You know, the last thing I want to talk about on this episode, and, and, and again, we're all just waiting to see Mandalorian. We're in that little bit of like the calm before the storm. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. The last thing I want to talk about is 
is there a scarcity or is there a surplus of pinball right now? And it's an interesting question because I hear people say like, there's such a surplus of games that there's almost too much out there. And people now are out of room and they have to move stuff out if they wanna move stuff in. But then you get people who say, but there's really not, if you think about it, while there might be a surplus of pinball companies that are out there, and there, there are a surplus of pinball companies, right? You got Stern, Jersey Jack, P3 Multimorphic, American Pinball, Spooky Pinball, Chicago Gaming Company, Deep Root. I'm just counting these on my hand right now. I'm going to miss some right now. You got Home Pin. I'm at eight already. Uh, who else is there? I'm missing some big ones right now. I know I am. I'm sorry. But we have like, I, I, in that chart I put up, there's like 10 pinball companies right now that are making games. You get the Pony Pinball Factory. And so while there might be a lot of companies that are out there who are currently trying to make pinball machines, the reason why there hasn't been a new release in 2021 yet is simply this. The majority of pinball companies just can't execute very efficiently. In fact, they're very, very inefficient. The majority of pinball companies out there in the world can't even release one new game a year, okay? Let me repeat that, not one new game a year. Only one company in the entire world of pinball can make at least one game a year, and you know who it is, it's Stern. Jersey Jack cannot make more than one game a year. Spooky Pinball, not more than one game a year. Chicago Gaming Company hasn't made a new game in two years, and they're not even making new games. They're remaking games. Deep Root Pinball can't get one title out after five years of R&D. P3 Multimorphic may be a new game a year, but, you know, it's not an entirely new pinball machine. And so you have this thing where, like, there's just not a lot of new games available. If you wanted to buy a new game, new in box today, right? Pinball Brothers, they're still making a game from five years ago. Same thing with Dutch Pinball. There aren't a lot of new games. American Pinball, let's talk about American Pinball, who can't even make a new game every year, who now came out in December and said they're going to do two new games a year. David Fix and American Pinball, we would be happy with just one new pinball machine a year. It doesn't even have to be two. But where's their game? See, this is the problem with pinball right now is that you have all these companies and yet nothing is available that's new. And only Stern Pinball every three to four months has a new title for you to chew on, for you to consider, and for you to buy. And then what happens is this. This is why all these other companies, their marketing is all over the place. Because if you're one of them, you wanna make sure that your title launches during a window that's not near a new Stern release. I mean, how comical is it gonna be when Stern reveals the Mandalorian to us next week, and that is the same week that Robert Mueller owes us all an update on where Raza development is at. I mean, how comical is it going to be? And there's no way he's going to announce that the games are on the line. There's no way. And I saw people are starting to get hopeful because there's new job listings happening at Deep Root. Job listings? How are they still looking to hire people after five years? I don't understand how these are good signs to people. All it means is there's more money being burned and burned and burned for 130 games. It makes no sense. The math does not add up. We are really in a weird industry. The promise of boutique pinball and the promise of competitors to Stern, it's never really worked out. It really hasn't. For the most part, when you think about it, let me ask you a question like this. 
When was the last time you got a masterpiece pinball machine from someone that wasn't Stern or Jersey Jack pinball? I mean a masterpiece machine. All these other companies making pinball machines all these years, and I would argue that Jersey Jack's masterpiece is Guns N' Roses, and other than that, I don't really think they have a masterpiece other than GNR. The other ones are good, but for, for many reasons, a lot of us didn't buy the other ones. But think about all these other companies. And when was the last time, with all this knowledge, right, all this knowledge of what made games great in the 90s, all this knowledge of the best machines of all time, like these people who make these games today, like everyone who's making these pinball machines, they get access to Medieval Madness, they get access to like Monster Bash, they get access to Lord of the Rings. You could go down a list of the top 20 games of all time. Why would you ever start making a pinball company? Why would you ever start making a pinball machine if your goal was to not make a game as good as or better than those top 20 games? I don't understand why people can't do this. I, I really don't. And I don't understand why we have all this pinball, but majority of it, the majority of it is pretty mediocre. And nobody ever wants to say that. Nobody ever wants to articulate that. We always have to just cheerlead all these companies and everything they're doing is great and every new machine is great. But that's the point I will never understand and the marketer in me is so confused by. You know what people love. You know what the most popular games are of all time. Why can't we continue to hit at that bar or raise that bar? And it's there. And look, Jersey Jack is in that top 20. Stern is in that top 20. But everybody else, I think it's all like Stern, Jersey Jack, and Bally Williams. I mean, let me go to the pin side top 20 right now, and let's see if anyone else has broken into that list. All right, I'll just do real quick, and then we're going to end this show. Medieval Madness, Bally Williams. Guns N' Roses, Jersey Jack Pinball. Monster Bash, Bally Williams. Pirates of the Caribbean, Jersey Jack Pinball. Attack from Mars, Bally Williams. Jurassic Park, Stern. Deadpool, Stern. Iron Maiden, Stern. Elvira, Stern. Twilight Zone, Bally Williams. Metallica, Stern. Avengers Infinity Quest Stern, Lord of the Rings Stern, Indiana Jones Bally Williams, Ninja Turtles Stern, how did that get on there? Star Trek Stern, The Adams Family Bally Williams, The Big Lebowski number 18, okay, finally, Dutch Pinball, yes, and I actually think Dutch Pinball deserves to be on there, and I've said it before, I think Dutch Pinball is the only, only company that came out and started something that aimed high, and I think they deserve to be there on that list, ACDC Stern, and Willy Wonka with Jersey Jack Pinball. Okay, and I will say, just missing this list at number 21 is Rick and Morty. So Spooky, you got really, really close to being in the top 20. But my point is, I don't really care about quantity. I don't really care about getting like five to 15 games every two years. I just think every single pinball company, especially you small guys who can focus on just one machine at a time. Can you imagine if Stern put all of their energy into one machine at a time? For you other companies out there, it's like either make a masterpiece or go home. I just don't get why these companies are still struggling to give people what they want. And I know it's harder and harder and harder and it's more expensive to give people what they want because licensing costs are expensive and you can't really compete with Stern and their relationships with all the license holders, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like I'm really curious to see how Fathom sells, which it's selling okay because it's a remake of a game people love, but I'm really curious to see how Haggis's original title does. 
I'm really, really curious to see what Chicago Gaming Company does after Cactus Canyon Remake. And the most thing I'm curious about, and I bet this guy every night has trouble sleeping because he's like, oh my God, Canada's going to make fun of our new game. The company who I have the most expectation for moving forward because they talked such a big game is American Pinball. Where is American Pinball's next game that will be the one that finally wows us? And after everything David Fix said, I'm expecting big things and I hope they deliver on it. But I think they've put themselves on a pedestal that they haven't quite achieved yet. And we'll see if they can do it. But I just want the game. I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't need to make fun of David Fix and, and Michael Grant and the team over there. I don't need to, I don't need to analyze the people. I don't care about the people. I don't care about the who's who's the personnel. I don't care about what he said in December. All I care about is the game. Like, where's the game? This podcast is more entertaining when we can talk about the games. And that's the thing about all the other stuff in this pinball hobby right now. We have like five months of no new games. And yet, it's the same conversation over and over and over again. It starts to get a little bit boring, right? I don't know about you, but it gets a little bit boring when we don't have new product. And we're just like, oh, we're just going in circles. We're like, you know, it's like shows talking about shows talking about shows. You know, it's more exciting to buy Dogecoin and watch it go up to 69 cents yesterday, which is crazy, crazy. I don't even understand any of this stuff anymore. But anyway, I've got to go. Good morning, everybody. This has been episode 577 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Get ready for a lot of Mandalorian conversation coming soon. Peace. Peace.